What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. And I've really been looking forward to this chat today. I always do. I actually believe this is a record for the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. It may be the fifth time, four, at least four, maybe fourth or fifth time that I've had India Vine on the podcast. So, India, it's very good to see you and um, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's always such a pleasure. I always have so much fun on this show. That's great. Oh, it's good feedback already. Look, I want you to um, get us started by, I guess, giving us a bit of a, an update or a bit of a rundown on, on what you've been up to. We just briefly had a quick chat about how busy you are at the moment and it's been awesome You know, ever since we, we first recorded our first um, episode together just to see how much everything has just continued to evolve for you um, in a business sense and then a content sense and, um, and just the amount of people you're helping. So, Fill us in a little bit with um, with what you've been up to and, and where things are at at the moment in terms of your coaching and, and the, the content you're providing for your audience. Yeah, so I would say evolution is probably the best way to describe it. Like things have evolved a lot. I think I got into this space very much like just seeing what what I could do if I just followed that passion, followed the vision that was on my heart and just sort of in the past, I guess, year, you could say there's sort of quantum leaps, which is a word that will be familiar to some and unfamiliar to others, which we can totally talk about if it feels good, but they really have been happening. I mean, one-to-one coaching is a really big part of my business right now. I've also got group programs and things like that. And how it's kind of transitioned is is seeing, you know, because one of the main things that I teach is manifestation and, you know, the spiritual laws of the universe and integrating, showing up to your human life in kind of that higher self and actually applying spiritual laws to your life to make, make shit happen. But what I was really seeing was there was a disconnect between like learning the principles of manifestation and, and the spiritual laws and principles and things like that and actually applying them to like living day to day and being a human in a 3D world that's very logical and very, you know, black and white and sort of integrating that higher self awareness and and integrating like how to show up using mindset, using energy, using the spiritual laws of the universe to actually have the vision on your heart and make it a reality and, and integrating human behavior and emotional intelligence and, and really bringing into some of probably what would a lot of people would call the more woo-woo side of things, but integrating that with actually understanding like human behavior and, and how humans work and, and using that to take these, I guess, new age kind of woo-woo principles and bring them into like a tangible place of using them in your life. And that's kind of where business has gone to now. And that's what I guess I'm known for in the industry is, is taking these very woo-woo principles and, and creating like a tangible way of taking the vision on your heart, the goals that you have for yourself and, and understanding yourself at the deepest level possible to make them happen and make that come to life. And that's kind of how I've evolved and how my business has evolved up until now, really. Amazing. Well, look, you seem to always do this. I literally said to Kane, and I've been I've, this week in the lead up to this chat, I've been talking about you know this this chat in particular and our previous ones with a bunch of clients, and I, I've said numerous times that it's like every single time we talk, somehow you naturally just lead me down the path of exactly where I wanted to take the conversation. Um, 
which is awesome. So before we get stuck into, because I, I really want to talk about that block or the miscommunication with the, the application side of these things. Are you able to, for the listeners that aren't really aware of exactly like what the quantum field is and you mentioned quantum leap and whatnot, are you able to give us a bit of a rundown of exactly what that means? Mm-hmm. Sure. So I think most people, most people hear about manifestation and they either are completely shut down to it because it's just like, what is that? I don't get it. And it seems so far away from how their reality has looked before that and how they've been taught to believe life can be before that, that they're just completely shut down to it. And then some people are like, I can kind of get around it, but I actually just don't know how it, how it works, how to understand it. And I think these big words like quantum field and quantum leaping can sound really, really confusing and almost straight away people will just shut down to it. But at the, at the very basic level of manifestation, what we're talking about is things that have been spoken about for a very long time. I mean, what the quantum field and quantum leaping is coming back to is the world of quantum physics, which is a very scientific approach to manifestation, which really you don't have to understand. And this is really important for people to hear. You do not have to understand quantum physics in order to manifest, right? And most people go, oh, okay that's too much for me. It's too complicated. I'm just going to stick to like what I, what I know. And sometimes the more, you know, the harder it is to actually apply. But if you can go to the very basics of like what a quantum leap is and and what the quantum field is, we're talking about energy, right? We're talking about that. If you broke everything down in the universe down to the, to its very, to its very basic particles, it's energy. So you could look at anything in the room around you right now. And although it looks like a, solid thing like a table a chair it looks like a solid piece of furniture if you broke that right down it's energy just like we are so what what manifestation is kind of talking about and when we talk about these spiritual laws the main two that i really talk about are the law of attraction which is the very known law of the universe that like attracts like and what we think about expands and all of that stuff but but how i really look at it is more the law of vibration and if you think about a human being energy and energy vibrating and then you think about something else being energy and energy vibrating those two things that are vibrating in a similar way will be drawn together right so that is that is manifestation at its at its deepest level and when we're talking about the quantum field we're talking about the fact that in the universe, everything and anything is possible. We live in an infinite universe with in- infinite realities available to us at any given time. Now, this is going a little bit deeper into the quantum field. But if you can understand that when you are vibrating in a certain frequency, so I mean, a lot of people use the term like positive vibes and things like that. I wouldn't get too caught up on like positive vibes because then people get anxiety around like, oh, well, I'm not in a good mood, so I'm going to attract bad stuff. And it's not so much about that. It's more like, where you are at the deepest level, what you believe to be true at the deepest level and what you are focusing on and what you believe is possible for you, you naturally will draw that reality closer to you. So it's not so much about like positive vibes as much as it's like having a genuine belief of like, I can do that or I can have that or I can create that. And sometimes we don't start off with that. We very much have to build that belief system, which is very much what a lot of the work that, that I help people do. But at the basic level, we have to understand that like 
most of like this is already happening in our world this isn't something that we turn on it's just something that we tune into so if you can tune into the things that you're attracting in your world and tune into like okay you know what what was I attracting when I attracted that stuff that was really good or I had that really successful day and and start to tune into like what were the beliefs I was showing up with what was the energy what were the actions I was taking and then we start to get an understanding of our vibration and how that how that affects the things that show up in our world. So when people are talking about energetics, which is really another word for manifestation or quantum leaping, and this is very much what um, Joe Dispenza really breaks down, but it can be very complicated when he's sort of, he's great at it and and he really brings a scientific approach. Yeah. And you know what? For some people that really helps because they really need that science-backed approach and whatever works for you is amazing. But at the fundamental level, if you can understand that like, yes, like if you were if you were willing to explore your visions, your goals, your desires, your intentions for your life, one, I believe that we don't have those intentions and desires if they weren't for us. I, I genuinely believe that. And I always say that like, you know, I have no desire to be a pole vaulter in the Olympics because- That's probably not on my timeline. That's probably not in my reality. But when I'm seeing other people doing things and I feel inspired or I feel triggered by it or there's some emotional charge there or there's something that feels really good for me to create, a goal that feels really good to go after, I look at that as evidence as that's something that I need to pay attention to because I believe those desires were placed on our heart for a reason because we are meant to follow them we are meant to follow our calling and then we need to go back into like okay well if I was the person that had already created that if I was the person that was already showing up to life like that if I was a leader or if I was you know someone that was super successful or if I was someone that had those things that I wanted how would I be feeling what type of actions would I be taking and how can I show up in that now that's very much how we start to play in energy so yeah, so from what I can gather from what you're saying, it's basically getting to the point where you're able to act, feel and behave like in a way like the thing that you want has already happened. Spot on. So when we talk about vibrating on, on a certain frequency, so we, you know, we maybe want something to happen, maybe we want to connect with a certain person and whatnot, like what are some of the things that are blocking that from happening? You know, we, you talked before about the application side of things being almost misaligned with what people are trying to manifest so what are some of the mistakes that you see people make over and over again and I know I mean you know you work with people to I guess correct those mistakes or at least give them the understanding of how to find their way to that right frequency to 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 live off so what are some of the things that constantly pop up for you that that are blocks for people Mm -hmm. so this is where I'm going to lead the conversation into more of like a human behavior emotional intelligence type of place purely because from a very spiritual point humans are so magnetic and so good at manifesting that they could quite literally have a desire and that thing would like there would only be a matter of time until that thing shows up why this sometimes doesn't happen is because there's incongruence between what your conscious self wants and what your unconscious self wants and like i said we're going we're going quite deep here. We're going into a lot of the deeper principles, but for those who have started exploring manifestation and they're not getting the results that they're feeling like I'm doing all the things I'm visualizing, I'm feeling the feelings of it already being done and it's not happening. This is where we can look at the human behavior side of things and, and work with the unconscious mind. So very much 
a lot of people would have heard that it's really our unconscious mind that is ruling our life. So if you think of, if you think of an iceberg and that iceberg being 90% underwater and you can see 10% of it, it's actually 95 to 5% in the unconscious mind is what, what people have kind of discovered that the unconscious mind runs 95% of our life and the conscious runs 5%. And the unconscious mind is kind of below the surface. So we can't really, we can't really see it unless we have the intention to go and look there. And what I mean by this is a lot of the time when people are running into blocks, when it comes to success, when it comes to reaching new goals, when it comes to stepping out and being seen or, or doing big things and, you know, doing what they want to do, they're forgetting that their conscious mind is only about 5% responsible for their success. And it's 95% of that is the unconscious mind. And a lot of the time our conscious mind wants something, but our unconscious mind really, really doesn't want that thing. And how this kind of plays out is the unconscious or subconscious, same thing, whatever you relate to, that is basically our self-preservation center. It's our survival center. It's very much the part of us that is kind of in the driving seat. So when we feel things like fear, when we get triggered emotionally, when we come up against resistance, what is happening is the unconscious mind is kind of like a holographic filing system. And as we move through our life from childhood to usually the ages of about zero to seven, but it can go all the way, it can go up from that. We're kind of storing things and filing things away. And we're doing this based out of safety, love and belonging. So anything that was either a an experience of losing safety, love or belonging or anything that we taught, we were taught gives us safety, love or belonging. The unconscious mind is kind of using that programming and that conditioning to essentially tell us what is safe for us to manifest and what is not. So on an energetic level, when everything's good and we can get into that belief system of like, yeah, I can believe I can do that. I can believe I can have that but it's not happening, we have to look at the unconscious mind and go, hang on a minute, is there a part of us that doesn't feel safe in this? Is there a part of us that's actually being reminded of our childhood when, you know, for example, like in a very tangible sense, let's say that you want to do something that involves being seen by a big crowd. And maybe when you're a child, you did dance class or something like that. And you were having a dance recital and you got up in front of you know, multiple people and maybe you forgot what the dance was and people started laughing or your mum said, you know, how could you forget? Well, you know, we practiced. And, and in that moment you went like, oh, it's not safe for me to be seen, right? It's not safe for me to go and be in front of other people because in that moment I lost love, safety and belonging. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to do anything that would put me in that position again, which is where the unconscious blocks come in. So another example, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but would it be something like when you're a child, um, let's say your parents were really uh, conservative with, with money, for example, and they always kind of taught you to, to 
you know, save or, or like don't spend too much or blah, blah, blah. And you get to the point where you're an adult and you want to manifest more wealth or more success and, and, and you're trying to grow your business, whatever, but you have that mental block of thinking that, you know, you already have enough, you don't need more and all that type of stuff. Is that, is that, am I on the right track? Absolutely. In fact, I just finished up a group container that's called Money Magnet and so much of we we taught about oh sorry i taught about the energetics of money because at, at the fundamental level money is energy just like everything else and we can very much tap into that frequency of you know receiving money and, and being a magnet for money when we understand the energetics of it but on the opposite side the a lot of that container and a lot of that group program and that course was actually rooted in in uncovering what you've unconsciously picked up towards money and and the amount of resistance we have towards having money and the lack of safety we have in our bodies towards money is so huge based off of our conditioning and, and the beliefs we heard of, you know, money doesn't grow in trees. Who are you to want that? Um, you know, money only comes from really hard work, like all of these crazy beliefs that and we've got to remember, like everyone's doing the best they can with the awareness that they have at that time and, and the way that we are conditioned through parents and caretakers and other people in our lives is very much the way that they were conditioned. And this doesn't only come from family members in childhood. I mean, think about like the Disney movies where the villain's always the rich man and, you know, it's always steal from the rich, give to the poor. And it's all of these like subliminal messages and unconscious messages of money being evil, money being bad, money being dirty, money being wrong. And then we grow up and as adults and at a fundamental level, humans are actually designed to want money because it's a survival resource. Like in this lifetime, in this 3D reality that we live in right now, money is a survival resource. We have to have money in order to survive. Yet we see it as like this big bad thing. It's evil, it's wrong, it's wrong to want, it's wrong to talk about, just based off of the way we were conditioned. And then it's really funny because most people will come to me with these money patterns of like, I have no problem receiving money, but as soon as it hits my account, it just drains out. Or like, I have no problem, yeah, I have no problem getting it, but like when it comes to actually having it, I just feel so messed up by it. I feel so unsafe. I feel like I'm going to get in trouble with it or I'm just going to spend it all. And it's this real lack of safety around having it because on an unconscious level, money is usually filed away as not safe, as it's going to lose belonging from others because people with money, you know, are frowned upon. And I mean, we see this all the time. We see people like judging someone because they've got you know, a luxury car. And if that person cuts you off in the road, not only did they cut you off in the road, but of course they cut you off because it's the brand new BMW. And then of course he's an arrogant prick. And then, the, but we're somehow gonna want a luxury car yet we judge every person on the road for one. So you can see where like the conscious mind and like, I want this, but the unconscious mind and all of the things we were programmed and conditioned with based off of, you know, what we've been through really is the thing that is essentially like the gatekeeper of like, well, that's not actually safe for us to have. Or if you had that, then this is going to happen. And we don't want that to happen because it threatens love, safety and belonging. So we're not going to allow that to happen. So when you come up against blocks and the thing not happening, or there's a lot of resistance and remembering like resistance, that looks like procrastination. That looks like avoidance. That looks like, you know, feeling the fear and not doing the thing. 
that is actually self-preservation happening. That is a survival mechanism because the thing that you're trying to do or the thing that you're trying to have on an unconscious level creates unsafety in the body. And the subconscious mind is always going to preserve safety first and show up with that self-preservation. And it's essentially not going to allow anything in that threatens that. So interesting. It's very intriguing. I mean, but it, but it makes a lot of sense. Like you said before, like someone like a Joe Dispenza, who I, I genuinely really enjoy his his content and and kind of have the urge to learn more about it on that level, not so much just the, the surface level. But um, for those listening or, or watching that have never really heard any of this type of stuff before or don't have that understanding, it, it just, when you put it that way and practically, it makes so much sense. And and as you said, like the iceberg, like the iceberg uh, example, like only 5% is our conscious kind of thoughts and then the rest is kind of almost, you know, when we're not putting any attention to it, it is out of our control in a sense. I want to switch gears just a little bit. I mean, I don't actually, but um, I'm going to. I would sit here and just talk to you all day. But um, for someone, I think it's fair to say that most people at some point in their life, um, whether it's a, um, a loving partner, like a relationship in that sense, or whether it's a family member, or a friend or whatever, has gone through some form of conflict or maybe something that hasn't gone in their favor or maybe they've lost trust from, been uh, had their trust broken by someone and whatnot. So then in the future, that that relays or portrays into into their future relationships or um, whether it's, like I said, whether it is a loving relationship, family, business, whatever it is. Um, and that kind of plays out. For someone that, you know, they may not even be consciously aware of that being the reason, but for someone who has kind of understood that something in the past has then caused them to react in certain ways or to um, negatively affect their, their ongoing um, relationships in the future, how are they able to... Or where do they start to work through that and kind of get past that past, uh, I'm using so many words here, but that past trauma or past um, frustration or whatever it may be to then kind of let it go and, and I guess to use the word like surrender um, to be able to kind of continue on in a way that is going to work in their favor and be positive for them. Yeah, beautiful question. And again, this is coming very much into the conversation of human behavior and emotional intelligence, because what's kind of playing out is everyone throws around this word, the ego, right? And not many people actually know what that means. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the ego is very much at play here. And the ego is that same thing that is that self-preservation. So it's got this concept of self, right? That it always wants to keep up with. And that concept of self is very much like filed away different things about relationships. So this is that same kind of stuff of the unconscious and the conscious mind. But what we can come into in a tangible sense here and how we can actually start to gain like that awareness, that self-awareness piece of how this is showing up is very much through that emotional intelligence piece of looking at the things that are triggering us looking at the things that are activating us, that are getting us into that very reactive state and using that as almost awareness to go into that deeper. Why I mentioned the ego in this is because when it comes to relationships, ego is probably the biggest thing at play in a relationship. It's also the thing that we have to let down if we desire to create a healthy, connect, like connected relationship and show up in a conscious way to that. So what this kind of looks like is because this is the thing, all right, with relationships, like if you if you ever want to see two people's ego at play, look at two people in an argument in a relationship. Like it's not 
it's not that person and that person having a healthy communication to understand each other when ego is a play. It's me against you. It's attack mode. It's defense mode. It's I'm going to be right mode. It's all of the ego stuff so flared up and very much that's what's presenting itself in the conversation, argument, whatever is taking place. When it comes to coming into a conscious place around that, it it is going to be challenging because that requires you to actually take responsibility, right? Take that radical responsibility of how am I showing up in this? Whereas most people won't do that. Most people will straight away go, it's them. They're doing all the things, right? They're the one that's they're the one that's causing this, right? But there's always two people at play. And it doesn't really matter who's causing the thing, who's the the bad cop or whatever it is. It's more like, why am I so triggered? Why am I so affected by this? Why am I so activated by this? What is underneath that? And if you can get to the piece of what is underneath that and come into the higher self, which really that's what it looks like, is is recognizing when you're reactive that's the ego and what it looks like to come into a place of healthy relating with someone is responding differently in a conscious way which really takes coming into the higher self and going hang on a minute why am I so emotionally charged by this why am I so activated by this so in a very tangible way what this might look like is let's say you've gotten into an argument with your partner and you're feeling and this is very much, I, I always say this is why I do a lot of inner child work in, in my work, which if you, if you don't know what that means, it's basically tapping in to the part of you that was very wounded as a, as a child. And the reason I talk about the inner child is because a lot of the time in life, it's not us that's triggered. It's not our adult self that's triggered. It's actually our inner child that's triggered in that moment. And it's being reminded of things that it went through in the past or times where I didn't feel seen, times where I didn't feel heard, times where I didn't feel worthy. And that piece is coming up in that moment, right? So we use that emotion and, and being emotionally charged, we use that as feedback of there's something underneath this, there's something underneath, you know, whatever is playing out now, it's it's activating something within me. And so we can look at what's coming up, where the trigger's coming from and, and actually ask us, what is this reminding us of? Or why am I so charged around this? And usually our higher self and our unconscious mind is very clever at bringing up why. And once we do that, that's when the ego has to come down. If, if you do desire to create like proper intimacy and connection, even in a platonic way, remembering intimacy isn't just a sexual thing. It's very much a, plat- a platonic thing of being able to actually connect with someone, actually open your heart to someone and allow them in, which most people in a relationship, either platonic or an intimate relationship, they don't let them in, right? Because they're showing up in ego, because they're showing up in fear of that of that woundedness coming through and a fear of being hurt again. But if you can come into that place of letting your ego down, you can actually communicate and say, hey, I have to be honest with you. I'm feeling really triggered because I feel like I'm not being seen and heard in this moment, or I feel like you're not understanding me, or I feel like you, you know, you're you're not listening to me or whatever is feeling really uncomfortable and activating. If you can take, and I call it, I call it the magic pause, which is very much why we do things like meditation and things, because it gives us the opportunity to be able to respond, overreact. It actually changes how our brain processes things and it gives us more space to be able to respond, which is why doing things like meditation and and any other thing that gets you into that mindful place is really helpful in this. 
But if you can get to that magic pause, which is that tiny little pause, maybe you've already noticed you're starting to react and you can just pause for a second and go, hold on, why am I so triggered? Why am I so activated? Like, what is this bringing up in me? And if you can go into that place of like, oh, okay, that's actually reminding me of that old relationship that I was in that wasn't safe. And it, even though this is a completely different situation, my inner child is feeling scared or is feeling threatened. And that person may not have that ability to hear that. But if in that moment you just need to walk away and say, hey, I'm going to come back to this, this conversation a little bit later. I just need to process it. I just need to get some space, right? And it's really just, it's how can you show up consciously in that moment, recognize why you're feeling so uncomfortable, what's being activated and go into what's underneath that, which again is going to come with practice. But that being able to pause and come back into responding rather than reacting in a conscious way. And again, letting that ego down and being like, hey, like this is feeling really uncomfortable for me and here's why, or I don't feel like having this conversation right now. I just need to like take a breath and come back when I can show up differently. Again, it's going to push on those little ego buttons. It doesn't want to do that and it just wants to go into attack mode. But when it comes to creating proper connection with people, that's kind of how you do that in a conscious way. Can that work when it's when only one of so let's say it's two people it might be in business it might be in a friendship whatever and and you have one person who is who is applying these principles and is is having that magic pause and all this type of stuff to to let the ego down and surrender to it and whatnot can that be effective in that relationship um, specifically if only one person is on is aligned with that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful question. And it, and it comes up so often because people will be like, well, I'm not going to do the work if they're not going to do the work and it's not going to work unless they are. But what happens on an unconscious level and kind of an energetic level is the minute someone has let their ego down in a conversation, that person, whether they are conscious of it or not, will immediately get safety in letting their ego down as well. If that might not happen right directly in that moment, but if like, let's say for example, there's like a big blow up happening and you're so used to going into defense and attack mode. And in that moment, the the person that is usually on the defense or usually on the attack or usually shuts down or whatever pattern comes up, because we all have fight or flight responses, which means we'll either fight and we'll go into defense and attack or we'll flight and we'll shut down, we'll remove ourselves, we'll disappear, we won't talk to the other person. And when we can get to the point of like allowing someone to process the way they process and allowing that to happen, but... When it comes to do two people need to be doing that work, I don't believe they do because I believe that the other person will very much learn on an unconscious level and an energetic level from how the other person is showing up. That doesn't mean projecting and and pedestaling yourself and going, you need to do this work and you need to show up consciously. It's very much this thing of like letting the ego down again, showing up like that. And that actually creates space for them to have that self-awareness because if someone else has got like said to you and said, you know, you know what, I'm feeling really triggered in this moment. I'm feeling really activated. This is just bringing up a lot for me. I think it might be reminding me of this or you don't even need to get to that point, but like, this is just feeling like a lot for me. I just need to have some space. That person doesn't on the, on the receiving end, doesn't have a choice, but to sit there and go, well, that's interesting. What's it bringing up for me? Why am I so triggered? Why am I so activated? And whether they let you know that or not, they probably won't. And it might happen over time of like them actually seeing, oh, 
it's safe to let my guard down because very much that's what's happening. We've got two walls up, we've got two guards up and when two people are attacking each other, that's just what's playing up. But when the other person lets their guard down and comes into a place of not being an ego but actually having the intention to connect, it gives the person on the on the receiving end the space to do that. Now, in a in a situation where this was just not possible, where the other person was so far in their ego that they just could not, they just wouldn't even allow themselves to think like that, that's when we'd probably have to put a boundary in place and actually essentially teach the other person what we're available for and what we're not available for. And I think boundaries get a bit of a bad rap. They think we think they're this big confrontational thing. Really what a boundary is, is making sure that if you desire to keep a relationship with that person, you're putting the steps in place in order to be able to keep that relationship rather than come into resentment, toxicity, and the whole relationship blowing up. So boundaries are actually a really healthy way of keeping a relationship going. If the relationship's completely toxic, that's another situation where we just have to really come into our power and cut it loose. But if the relationship is someone that you desire to continue having a relationship with, boundaries are actually a really a really empowered way of saying, I actually want to keep this relationship here. In order to do that, I need you to show up like this. This is what I'm available for and this is what I'm not. Love it. Oh, I want to be conscious of your time. Um, so I've kind of got one more kind of... Uh finishing question for you um what is some of is is there anything or there might be multiple things that you see um particularly through social media or whether it's in the circles that you um kind of spend time in and whatnot that you think is just bullshit in terms of like i mean i don't want to put a, a bad name on, on on certain things or certain people's approaches or whatever but like things that people are doing on a daily basis that they think are going to make their life super positive or, or help them manifest or get out of whatever they've, they've, they've been in, but you just don't really think it's actually that practical. I don't want to even say any examples in case I'm completely wrong and it might be something that that actually is effective. No, I love this question and because it really comes down, it, it's very uh, conducive to, to my philosophy And so many people ask me like, what's your morning routine? Like, what do you do every day? What do you make sure that you're doing to manifest? And I tell them like, whatever I feel like doing that day, like whatever feels good to me, like, and not coming from a place of like, if I'm feeling, you know, I've got to have that discernment of like, when I'm just like avoiding doing the work, but I don't, I absolutely do not believe that there is a one step, like one shop process that everyone has to follow step by step and do this thing every day and you're going to get to this magic golden place I really don't believe that I believe it is creating self-connection self-awareness to like what actually feels really good for me to focus on right now and what doesn't most people are showing up from a place of should I should be doing this I should be doing it like that then they're getting into this place of this doesn't actually feel good And then of course, if it doesn't feel good, it's not creating results. Then we create this distrust in the process and distrust in ourselves because we don't have that discernment of like, oh, that actually doesn't feel good. So for me, I'm super intuitive with stuff. Like sometimes I'll have the space for breath work. And just recently I had COVID and I was like, oh, my lung capacity, I quite literally can't do breath work today. I can't do it for a while. And I'm just like, cool, that's not what I'm focused on right now. And I genuinely do not believe, I genuinely do not believe that you have to do one thing in order to manifest. I don't believe it at all. I don't believe you have to visualize. I don't believe you have to journal. All of these things are great if they work for you and if they feel really good. 
all we're doing is we're getting back into the energy of believing that everything is working out, of believing that things are possible and things are feeling good. Whatever gets you into that place, that's all that matters. If that means doing absolutely no rituals and routines in order to create that, like me, I just set my goal and I'm very much just focused on does it feel does it feel good? Does it feel like it's happening? If it doesn't feel like it's happening, do I need to do some inner work? I'm very much looking at my life as feedback of what to focus on instead of looking at everyone else's approach and being like, okay, well, she she meditates every day or she visualizes every day, so I have to do that. Because again, we create distrust in ourselves, distrust in our intuition. We disconnect from actually what we're trying to create, which is the goal or feeling good or, or feeling positive, whatever it is. And we get into this place of like, again, coming into our head, coming into the ego, coming into the place of shoulds, instead of like looking at ourselves as the GPS system and trusting our intuition and being like, you know what, meditation's really working for me right now, or meditation's not working for me right now. And having that discernment and having that self-trust to go, yeah, cool, that's not working for me right now, but this is what is. So I don't believe anyone selling like a one step, like one step approach or step-by-step approach if that if that works for them cool I don't believe one thing's going to work for everyone yeah I I mean I used to be a health coach and 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 the biggest thing in that was biodiversity and the way I eat and the way you eat if we ate the same thing we'd look completely different because we're different people and with different you know cellular structure and different things and and it's the same thing like it's the same thing with food and nutrition just like you're going to give two different people you know, what to do in, in terms of exercise and food. I'm not going to tell three, five, four, five different people to do the same thing. I'm going to get them into what feels good to you. Let's trial and error some stuff. Let's, let's get you into self-trust. Let's get you into intuition. Let's get you into like identifying, yeah, this is, this feels really aligned and this doesn't and being okay with whatever that looks like, instead of like, I say like shooting all over yourself, which is like, I should be doing the things. Yeah. And I think that'd be quite liberating for a lot of people. Um, And, you know, I would almost use the analogy or or make it quite similar to, to working out. Like, you know, regardless of what exercise you're doing, what equipment you're using, it's just a vehicle to get from A to B. And there's so many different ways to do it and to achieve the same result, um, which is awesome. And I think, like I said, that'll be quite liberating for a lot of people to hear. Um, all right, India, I could sit here and genuinely just talk to you all day, but um, we don't have time for that. So we're going to have to, that means you have to come on for a sixth time, which um, which I'm more than happy for you to do. So, but look, thank you so much for your time today. Um, like I've said to you numerous times before, whenever we catch up and have a chat, um, it, it, it's always an incredible conversation and um, and gets me thinking every single time. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to sharing this one with everyone. And for everyone who has tuned in, I um, hope you've really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I'm sure you have. Love for you to share it with your friends. Um, and lastly, India, I'll obviously have the links in, in the show notes below, but where uh, can the audience find more of your content uh, or if they want to reach out for help from you or, or whatever, um, where can they find you? Yeah, so Instagram's just my go-to. It's kind of my platform for everything. I obviously have a podcast, but yeah, in terms of like where I'm at right now, where my energy is focused and everything's kind of happening, Instagram is where I'm at and they can come and find me and join along in this conversation of probably some next level things. But if you're ready for it, it, it's really exciting and fun stuff. Awesome. Thanks so much, India. And thanks everyone who's tuned in. Uh, Really looking forward to sharing this one with you all and and looking forward to sharing uh, the next episode too. Enjoy the rest of the day, India. And again, thank you everyone who's tuned in.